At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email Lorehammer podcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me head on over to patreon at lorehammer listener lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show enjoy Listener Lord, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everyone, I'm your host Mark, uh, and joining me today we got Gray once again. How's it going? Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. Uh, today we're reading something you have written about. Uh, do you want to give us maybe just like a little teaser? Yeah, um, this is, it was inspired by the Exodite Theorycraft episode done here on Lawhammer Listener. Oh, wow. Listen now on Spotify and other locations. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a plug <laughs> and it's um yeah plugging on its own pop, uh, episode but it's also an excuse to try and kitbash together eldar wraith units and the sylvaneth from age of sigma cool yeah i've always wanted to try something like that i think that works so well yeah like i just picture like the the, the tree people as some type of weird wraith construct and yeah you put a couple soul gems on it even if I only do one, I kind of want to try getting the avatar of Cain and like one of those uh, ancient tree men. Because yeah, I think yeah. they're about the same size. I would imagine they're pretty close. Yeah. Oh, that my mind is racing. I can't wait yeah. to hear what you wrote. Do we want to just jump into it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if, if you get any questions, feel free to stop me. Okay. <clears throat> it was a tree. It didn't know that yet. It simply knew that it was it, and that it must thrive. It drank deep of the wet. It bathed in the warm above. Storms rustled its limbs and cold stole its leaves, but it stood tall and it grew. There were others, other trees, like it, unlike it, all wished to stand and grow like it did, but it refused. They thirsted for the wet hidden deep in the dirt, but it reached deeper. They craved the gentle warm, but it drowned them in the shade. They tested its rule and it broke them for their arrogance, crushed them for their weakness. 
Roots flattened all that opposed it in their slow, endless march. It did not need to rush. In the rents it carved through the foe, it rose to take their place. New trunks, new canopies, new conquests. The battle lasted eons, but the dirt belonged to it now. It and it alone. Meat came. They crawled out of the undrinkable wet and lurked at its edges. The meat changed. They sheltered in its shade and foraged at its base. They killed and died and fed around its many roots, and the dirt absorbed their leavings. It probed at the bones. New tastes, new food, new resources for the empire that it had become. And so the meat struggled in their billions, and it flourished in its singularity, gorging on the waste of their life. The dirt shifted deep within itself, trying to split apart, to go from one to many. But if the dirt separated, so would it, and it would not stand for that. It had sunk its reach deep, deep down in the dirt, into the rock that had tried so valiantly to resist it. It rejected the dirt's desire to move and denied the division, exerted its will on the dirt and the rock and the warmth below, and its rule was absolute. More meat appeared, but these were different. They came from the warmth above, encased in seeds of bone. It ignored them for a time, but they were different. They planted their bones in the dirt and sang to them. They grew the bone like the half-forgotten rivals of old, but they did not fight for the wet or the warm, so it let them grow for a time. But the songs tempted it enticed it. It wished they sang to it like they did the bones, so it reached out to feed and found the souls trapped within. They sensed it as it sensed them. They spoke, thousands of new voices greeting it, welcoming it, curing it of a solitude it did not know it suffered in. They told it of the stars, the burning sources of warmth and the unending season of ruthless cold between them, they told it of the other dirts they had seen and walked upon, spun tales of things it could have never comprehended. They asked it of its life, and it taught them of the conquest, and they reveled in its legends. The meat spoke to the souls, and through the souls spoke to it. They let it taste of the bones, such that it may hear their songs. It and the bones became one. It became me. I could hear the meat now. They called themselves Eldari, and they named me Yggdrasil. They rested in my shade, made houses among the high branches, and sang songs of thanks for the comfort. They stalked the other meat, the ones that had come before, and placed their bones at my roots, and sang praise for the beasts I had raised. I repaid their kindness with all my will. When they were hungry, I guided them on their hunts. When they were thirsty, I split the dirt to make pools of clear wet. I shaped my branches to sing them songs with the wind. Together we grew and flourished and thrived. Through their songs and their stories, I learnt their words and begged them to teach me more. They told me of their history and the others like them throughout the galaxy. They explained the endless dancing of planets and stars. They warned me of the warp and I learnt to fear it well. They encouraged me to expand into the undrinkable depth of the oceans and I warmed them of the failed crusades of before, how the taste burned me 
and the waves lashed my questing limbs. But they sang songs of courage, the legends of indomitable heroes, of my own will, unbroken even by the rock itself. The souls encouraged me, and the songs beseeched me, and so I sent forth a single, delicate root, capped with bone, and I drank deep. There were other lands out there, smaller, fragmented, islands, the Eldari called them. Other trees inhabited them, survivors of the ancient wars, but they did not survive for long. In my armor of bone, I had conquered the oceans, and the rest of this world was finally, truly mine. I was content then, for several millennia. I was happy to watch the warring of the beasts, listening to the songs of the Eldari, but they had other plans. A new scheme for conquests on a scale I'd never imagined. I refused them for a time, but for all I relished the peace, I longed for those arboreal crusades of the ancient past. So I relented and let them act out their plan. They took from me some limbs, trimmings taken from the great canopy and roots pulled from the shallow dirt and left with them in their craft of bone. Those who remained sang to me, louder and more fervently than ever before. They sang of growth, of reaching out into the stars and forging a new kingdom. So I grew. I left the safety of the atmosphere and climbed out into the midnight void of space. It should have destroyed me, but the bones sheltered me from the untamed wrath of the sun. The Eldari nestled in my branches, warping space itself to trap the air I never noticed I made around me. And so, slowly, guided by their songs and their souls, I grew until I found an echo of myself. The clippings had grown well. Aided by their Eldari caretakers, their conquest of the alien worlds had been fast and brutal. They, like me, towered beyond their terrestrial horizons. And as we rejoined our limbs, I became whole again. In one beautiful moment, all their experiences flooded into me, centuries of memory joining with my own. I could taste their first sample of new earth, relished in the warmth of a foreign sky, marveled at the relentless force with which it tore the moons apart to form a foundation. My strength now, my sky. The star rejected our creation, rejected my unity, and tried with all its burning fury to rip it apart and drag us down into its fiery embrace. But I refused. The work was finished. Thousands of years of unending growth and song. But now I ruled absolute around this star, a Leginius loop uncounted miles across and home to millions. Half a dozen worlds were locked within my empire, their water long drained, their surfaces encased in impenetrable blankets of roots. But the animals adapted to the loss, becoming lithe and nimble, sharp claws for climbing and hairy tails to protect from the cold of the sunless side. I shaped channels and pockets to fill with water, a new home for the creatures I had displaced with my endless thirst. The old planets were empty now, drained for my growth, but I had surpassed all that they could have been. Despite the successes, the interplanetary harmony forged from my own form. Something wasn't right. The souls in the bone whispered of turmoil in the warp, a looming menace that could not be soothed by the songs. Many ignored their warnings, content still to dance and play amid the boughs, 
and I wish to be as carefree as they. But the bones and I were one, and so the worries of the souls became my own. I tried to search for a solution, tried to breach the warp to smother this opposition like I had all before. But for all my size and strength, I was just a tree. I could send no roots to crush the warp. It spread no leaves to shelter from such unholy power. All I could do was wait and dread the years away. When it struck, it did so with furious sound. A million voices screaming in agony, loud enough to burst eardrums. I tried to soothe them, to give them rest in beds of downy leaves, but they withered away in my grasp. The souls begged me to save them, to exert my will as I did on the earth and the stars themselves, and drag them back into life. But whatever drained upon them had a will far greater than my own. When I sheltered the sick and the screaming, the will clawed at me trying to pry me open and drink of the souls that ran within the bones. I forged myself tougher, firmer, thrusting spikes and thrashing branches at this ethereal threat and hit nothing. I was powerless in the warp the assault came from. The survivors dwindled, their essence devoured despite all my efforts. Some had joined the souls in the bones when the screaming first began, protected from the invisible predator, their mortal forms dying on their own terms while they still had control beyond their agony. But only those few who heeded the warnings and sheltered deep within those first roots at the bony heart of my very being lived. It's quiet now. No more songs, no more dancing. The souls still murmur. No longer do they tell stories of a glorious past. They mourn themselves lament their actions and how they did nothing to prevent what happened. As if any of us could. The survivors, those poor, lonely few, roam the great branches in silence. They've clad themselves in suits of bone and oak to ward against the foe as they search the ruins of their home for anything salvageable. It stares down upon us still, a blazing purple scar in the sky. It loathes us for surviving, and we loathe it in turn. The screams of its vile birth still echo in my branches, all the louder for the absence of song. The souls whisper to me again, warnings of foes yet unmet, armies in a war yet to start, fiends in service to the eye that will come to claim what they believe theirs. But this is my domain clawed into existence by my will, a will that will not be found wanting again. So I forge my legions, warriors of wrath and timber, possessed by the spirits of ages past. The enemy may come again. They may try and claim what they believe they are owed, and they will bleed for it. Wow. Okay, man, that was fucking sweet. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm I, really happy with how it came out. Yeah, man. That This was honestly one of the coolest stories I've read in a long time. I really like just how truly alien and like different you made it felt. Like in the beginning, you kept on pounding the word it. It was yeah. a tree. It didn't know this. Like, yeah. It was really weird trying to, because yeah, that whole first page, it is very much just like a sentient tree. Yeah. How the hell does one of that, those think, you know? Yeah. And later on, I was able to make it vaguely more human because it was mm-hmm. 
you know, Wraith circuit, souls in it. I could relax a little and go more easy, but yeah. the first part yeah, the very first weird part just sucked me in. Like, I just loved all the, they crawled out of the undrinkable wet, talking about salty oceans. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, just like all these, like, kind of, the meat came. <laughs> all these words that you used. You did perfect, man. I really liked the Thanks. setting you yeah, set. When, when I was writing it as well, I wasn't sure if I was going too ham with it, but I decided, nah, fuck it, just go as hard as you like you can edit it later and i just ended up leaving it like that yeah man it's so cool <laughs> yeah uh, it was i think the hardest part was trying to get across like the sense of scale for time because this tree is billions of years old was probably first planted when the old ones were still kicking you know mm -hmm. yeah so, that was one of my questions i had when i was trying to grasp kind of the time period myself was like you talked about um a blazing purple scar and I was wondering, was that the Eye of Terror or was that yeah. the Cicadrix Maledictum? The, the, that last bit, um, as I'm sure you noticed, when everything went terribly wrong, that was the birth of Slanesh. Yeah. I think that very end part was sort of the specific purple scar, I think, was the Eye of Terror. I wasn't too sure on when I said that last part, but yeah. I think that was just the Eye. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking more too. Because like, yeah, you just kind of uh, had some lines where it's like, yeah, you could feel it. The 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 meat could kind of feel it too. And yeah, I kind of thought it was that. Yeah. Um, the the tree exploring and taking over things was just so cool. And like seeing it go out into the star with the tree branches, and then when you they brought the branches back or whatever, and like that flood of memory and like this whole new world these whole new experiences that any other tree would never get to experience now this one has yeah it's experienced the growth across a dozen worlds and then also you know it's a ring world what kind of experiences is that you know that is so much stimuli yeah I, and i probably could have written god knows how much more of just the sensations that would have been involved with that but yeah then it would have been like a whole novel of just, and then someone walked upon my eight billionth branch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you did just the right amount for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think you did a great job too with describing the relationship of the Exodites and nature and like just them nurturing it and like singing to it, encouraging it. Like, come on, you can drink from the salty oceans. Like we can do this together. Like, yeah. That, that relationship was so cool to see kind of get developed between them and the uh, tree. Yeah, I, th I think it may have been a bit unexodite almost, how they sort of took over the other worlds to grow it. But hey, maybe they were un uninhabited or maybe it's just some of that still like Eldar pride coming through of like, hmm. nah, we can make something really cool out of this. Yeah. Uh, this tree, um, hmm. like... It's massive, obviously. Like, it's taken over Insane. the entire world, right? Yeah. Like, you would be able to see this shit from space and stuff? Like, how... how Paint, like, an actual visual picture for me, how big this thing is. So let's say you were looking down at this planet from space. It would be mostly one Pangea covered in a forest. You would look down, and it would just be this unending carpet of tree from above. Yeah. All of that is this one planet. <laughs> this plant yeah. is so massive i don't know if you picked up on it it prevented the continents from splitting apart oh yeah. that's so the, the cool. bit about how the dirt wanted to separate and shift okay. it, it refused 
Yeah. That was because its roots had sunk so deep and so firm, it was resisting <laughs> the continental drift. <laughs> That's so that was before the Eldar even knew about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so the tree is more like lots of big trees, but it's not like there's one massive tree that then sprouts all these little ones. It's kind of like all just... It'd like, probably be like it, definitely you know a central part of much taller ones that are just older. Yeah, but yeah, sort of like a almost like one giant hill where you can see it pick up in the middle, a bell curve almost. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. But, uh, yeah. The ah, uh, my notes just got closed. Never mind. I don't even know what I was oh, going to no. say now. That's that's the way life goes. I had one more question. I it had to do with the. Uh, so they, they took this tree to other planets and stuff too. Um, mm-hmm. And then they brought branches back and stuff. So your exodites, like in the end, you're, you're, this tree eventually goes on like a conquest, essentially. It starts making its own soldiers and making its own tree warriors, essentially. Kind of, um, yeah. Did, did, did this happen on all the planets? Well, because the thing is, the planets aren't really individual anymore. I. I don't know if I made it particularly clear, because, um, but essentially all of the individual clippings that they took and br- uh, took to other planets, yeah, all grew out and reconnected. So it's just one giant oh. ring around the sun. Oh wow! That, okay. That's what I mean by ring world. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it it okay. is still just one tree, but now it's on a near interstellar scale. Yeah, and it, it's all just channeling these souls and the wraith bone and itself. Yeah. into these constructs that yeah. it's then filling with yeah goop so then like in theory could you pretty much walk across the walk across space essentially from one planet yeah. to the next <laughs> if you yes. had the time the yeah, yeah. and the energy you could walk all the way around that sun that's so cool <laughs> this is uh, sweet yeah. i don't know if you've ever seen like a stellar a stellaris ring world but it's that as a tree Ring world. Okay, let's do a quick Google image. Yeah, okay, okay. Very cool. Man, so I also kind of picture, you know, more 40k related, just like the tendrils of a Tyranid High Fleet, how they always showed them like reaching into the galaxy, you know? I kind of Mm -hmm. picture that, but just like with the roots of your tree, you know, you can literally see it in the galaxy now. (laughs) Yeah, you probably could. Yeah, like it, just, just these rooting tendrils that are just kind of spreading out into space and mm. cool. This is one huge and like the hive mind, but not a hive, just a, a single. Yeah. <laughs> um, so th- this is the start of an army. Like you, you tied in at the end um, and even at the beginning of the episode, we we're kind of talking about how mm. you want to convert some of these uh, AOS models into into actual miniatures for tabletop. Have you thought about like what rules you would use kind of more just I, that kind of aspect or tabletop aspect? I have actually, I've got a, um, like the rough planning of a roster already picked out and it's essentially just like a few rangers and some spirit seers to represent those few survivors. Mm. The avatar of Kane, like I mentioned. Yeah. And then just a load of wraith blades. Cool, cool, <laughs> fucking cool. Just wraith blades, no other race, wraith constructs. Uh, I think there's a couple Wraith Lords in there, some Wraith Guard, but okay. 
I think the Wraith Blade are definitely the focus just because yeah. glorious melee combat. Yeah, and like a, a Wraith, I forget what all the other Wraith, uh, the small Wraiths are called, but some have like D cannons and like guns. I guess that yeah, doesn't wraith. really fit your Gun? theme. Yeah. Like it, um, it's like trees don't have guns. <laughs> so No, but there are the, I think they're called the Kurnoth Hunters in Age of Sigma who have giant bows. Okay. So like, could make that work. Um, but yeah, currently it is all very much theory crafting because this idea has existed since yeah. the Tuesday before last, I think. Okay. Oh, yeah, because I guess it yeah. No, this is fucking sweet, man. I am I'm I'm so impressed. I'm Googling images like of yeah, no, I love it. This is one of my favorite lore that we've read. It's just so <laughs> different and so unique. And uh yeah, the, the possibilities for conversions are just endless really yeah. and it's a conversion that feels like it should work really well which i mean they're both just types of elf powered constructs so it sort of yeah. makes sense they work yeah yeah i could i can definitely picture it for sure even just like you take some of these uh like the kernoth hunters or whatever you take their head off maybe and put a wraith knight head on just as like a spot where the soul gems kind of are located yeah, like and sealed a head and an arm every here, here and there, maybe yeah. legs on others. Yeah. If I want to get really um, risky with it, have like a torso half merged with the wooden torso. But oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That like, might take some 3D printing. You have to definitely do that on one model where you literally cut the model in half vertically and then, yeah, mm -hmm. put put the two halves together and then like the, the wood do some green stuff roots kind of going over the wraith construct oh man my mind's racing man you've done a number to me now now i have to go buy a bunch uh, of models you're welcome <sighs> so this is how you guys feel for how close i've gotten with a lot of the law hammer <laughs> to buying more plastic yeah so this is how you guys feel when i do that to you oh. <laughs> very cool man um what what else do you want to talk about it about any other kind of cool details that you want to discuss I think we've hit most of them. The only other like tiny little thing I put in is because um, there's those new like ranger biker squads. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was thinking if I was going to add some of those, there's oh I don't know where I specifically put the thing, but basically all of the animals that survived when it became a ring world are just giant squirrels. <laughs> so okay. So I, I there's no model to really kit bash it off of, but I'd have the rangers riding these giant squirrels that. Just yeah. climb on stuff to represent the fly keyword. Yeah, man. Of course, you can have flying squirrels too. So, of course. <laughs> yeah. dude, that's okay. Like, so now I have to Google three D printed squirrels. Thanks a lot. Oh, you are so welcome. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's a sweet idea. The squirrels uh, for for getting around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I guess the one other question would be like, um, yeah. So you've talked about how it's kind of made like this ring world. Um, and when you're going from like planet to planet, would there at all be like a atmosphere kind of like, has that kind of happened at all? I don't know how the yeah, world um, works, but. The, the way I'm picturing it, at least uh, before the fall, Slanesh may have somewhat dinked up the in infrastructure. Is sort of, um, you'd have these huge arcing wraithbone spires, like half of a um, webway portal model. And those just hold in all of the atmosphere okay like, in here you've got the safe zone but if you walk out there you will die to the horrifying vacuum of space yeah yeah i see i see kind of have like these little bastion points kind of scattered throughout the branches yeah yeah 
Yeah, and everything else might be a bit of a spacewalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like realistically, you're not walking from planet to planet. Like you said, if you had enough time, you could, but who has thousands of years to do that? So now they, they may have like little webway jumps or just take one of their many little flying bike things. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I didn't exactly plan the infrastructure. I don't know if they have public transport. (laughs) Yeah. The finest squirrel public transport in all of the galaxy. (laughs) Up on a subway station through a sap tunnel. (laughs) Oh, man. Very cool. Uh, I think my favorite line in the whole thing was... uh... Uh, let me just find it here. He basically just said, he was talking about all these things and he's like, but alas, I am just a tree. <laughs> just oh like, yeah, when he was like dreading the, the coming. Right. Yeah. But for uh, all my size and strength, I was just a tree. Yeah. <laughs> like, Man. yeah, you're a tree, but you're one that spans multiple planets and refused the pull of the sun. <laughs> Yeah, fuck, you painted some really sweet stuff, man, in here. Did you like it? I'm yeah. afraid the only image I have to put in the uh, Discord whenever this episode comes out is one from the, like, Wombo AI thing. <laughs> actually, I'll DM to you now, because I think it looks really cool. Um, this episode will be out tomorrow, so keep your eye out, and if you want to oh, nice. post some stuff. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, w- I want to see this happen now. If it's not you who makes some models, hopefully somebody else does and sends some in, because, yeah, this is such a cool concept. I imagine somebody already has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess the only other question I have for you, just since we're talking about models and conversions is uh, mm-hmm. you have rangers. Would you literally just use the ranger model? Is there any type of bits or anything that you could add to them to kind of give them that exodite flair? Or what are you kind of thinking they look like? There are, in Age of Sigma, there's um like the Sylvan F foot troops, which are sort of, half ghost spirit thing, half tree person. So yeah, that's yeah. already got the split. So I could just put like the top half of a ranger poking out of that. Because mm. I think I even described it in the piece as um, clad themselves in bone and oak. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you yeah. just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very That's cool. exactly what I had in mind. Like I think yeah. when I was writing it. Yeah. And sweet. Um. Yeah, okay. I, I, I think that's all I have to say about this. It's it. Yeah, this is one of my favorite pieces, honestly. It's so cool. Thank you. Um, well, that's uh, this episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. I hope it got everyone's creative juices flowing. Yeah, we will uh, see you all on the next episode of Lorehammer Listener Lore. Thanks so much, Gray, for writing and sharing. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Cool. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.